G'day everybody, welcome back to yet another episode of the Pressure Point Podcast. Uh, we've had the first or second round back of footy this week, so it's been exciting, finally something to watch on our TVs. How did you find it with football finally back on? It was good, it was good. Um, I was a bit worried though after Thursday night's game, um, you know, yeah. get sucked into all the all the talk about the, the state of the game, but no, it was good to have footy back, it was, um, you know, as disappointing as it was for, for some supporters, it was, it was good to have it back. Yeah, definitely. Now the biggest talking point, especially after round, uh, not round one, the, the first round, first game of the round, the uh, the low scoring. Do we, do you reckon that had anything due to the shorter length of the quarters? Do you reckon they're working? Um, after Thursday night, I would have said no, um, just because it was an absolute. I don't know. It, it was actually hard to describe that that game on Thursday night. Like it was. Shit. Um, the players looked absolutely cooked, so that's what I got from it. Like. The shortened quarters maybe, but just the players looked absolutely cooked and it was just turned into a defensive slog. So, um, and that, you know, I thought that was going to happen all weekend. You know, players haven't played for three months. I thought, you know, who knows? Are all these games going to be, you know, 36 each? So yeah. it was a bit, bit concerning, but um, I think the shortened quarters overall worked okay for the weekend, but... You know, I'd, I'd still prefer 20 minutes, but I think they worked okay. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I agree with you there. I'd, I'd prefer 20 minutes any day of the week, but I think yeah. the, the shorter quarters did work. The the Richmond-Collingwood game, I think, was a bit of an outlier. Yeah. Considering the Friday night game, you know, Geelong kicked over 100 points, you know. So I think it worked fine. Glad next year they're moving on, but I think it was all good. Um, another talking point of the week, though, was uh, Sean, Bo- Sean Bergwin, the sling tackle. He got let off. So, I can't uh, believe this. I don't know. I don't know. I know the ruling behind it is pretty clear. I would have thought, but the match review system didn't seem to think so. I can't believe this. Oh, it's an absolute joke that he's been let off for that. I was watching that live, and I thought that is an outrageous tackle. Like he's nearly killed him, but you know he gets off. What, what do you get? A thousand dollar, two thousand dollar fine, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's not something like That's that. Just and you know, I think the argument that was put forward over the weekend was if that was Toby Green he would have got three to four weeks oh 100% easy know? so it's I mean granted Toby does have prior records obviously but that was a dangerous tackle absolutely I've seen people get a, a lot more for a lot less yeah so. absolutely so I yeah I don't know that, that, that baffles me that one and you know already what we're two, two rounds in or well, pretty much one one round in and the MRP is already under a lot of scrutiny, surprise, surprise. Yeah, there's so. already, I think, too many inconsistencies. They've got to clear oh, those it's up. Ridiculous. It's well, one rule for everybody. I yeah, think. absolutely. You know, that, it's, yeah, I don't know. That baffles me. So, I think, I think he should have got at least a week. At least, oh, with a good record, a week would have been fine. And I think everyone would have been like, yeah, that's that's, that's fair enough. He's, he got something. Yeah. 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 But just, just to just get a cheap fine... Like pretty much a slap on the wrist. Yeah, because yeah. what message does that send to other players now? Exactly right. Well, look what Mitch Robinson posted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, what Mitch Robinson's going to plan on going out there yeah. now just dumping guys exactly right. on the ground. But he's another one. If Mitch Robinson did that, he probably would have got three weeks. Oh, 100%. So it's, yeah, they, there needs to be a, a clear ruling on that for sure. Definitely. Now, we had some big winners and big losers this week. Who do you think's probably, I mean, it's hard to look past Gold Coast, I guess, but do you reckon, who's you reckon the biggest winner of the round is? I'm probably going to go North Melbourne. Yeah. I thought they were incredible. I watched a fair bit of that game and, and they looked really, really good. Um, I didn't have any expectations for North going into this season. And they, like, from, from the first bounce, they looked incredible. Um, they were so slick, so strong. 
Um, you know, Sean Higgins, Ben Cunnington, Todd Goldstein, players like that just played incredible. So, and to beat GWS, who people were picking, you know, for the flag this year, um, and beat them over there is um yeah is a great result. And well, they're two and zip now. They're sitting second on the ladder. Two so. and zip, and they've got a couple yeah. of winnable games coming up. So yeah, I think bright bright things ahead for North for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Now uh, I don't know if this is going to strike a nerve or not. The biggest loser of the round. Ah, <laughs> uh, jeez. Yeah, I'm gonna. Being a blue supporter, it's hard to go past us. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say the blues, blues or dogs. I was gonna say I'm yeah. I'm, a, I'm dogs for yeah. this one. I think the bulldogs are. I mean, they had some big expectations and they're you know zero and two at the moment, and they didn't really look like causing any sort of comeback or anything against the mm. Saints. So I think I think the bulldogs really need to. I think for yeah. the, for the expectations that the bulldogs had at the start of the season as well, I think yeah. that's what's most disappointing for them. Um, and yeah, they haven't, you know, they haven't just lost their first two games. They've been pumped both times. So that's the concerning thing about it. But geez, the blues though, for me. Yeah. Well, we've got plenty of time to talk about the blues. I think we'll, we'll dive into the games of the round. We'll yeah. have a chat about it. Well, let's start with Thursday night's game, uh, Collingwood Richmond. <sighs> I don't even know where to begin with this. Yeah, well, you're what? the Richmond man, so I want to hear what your your thoughts are on it. Oh, for starters, being a Richmond supporter, that first quarter, I thought, here we go. Mm. I thought Collingwood have been known to do this to us. I thought it's going to happen. Here we go. And then after, I don't know, Collingwood didn't kick a goal after the seventh minute of the second quarter, and then it was just one of the worst games of football I think I've ever watched. Um, as you said before, it just turned into a defensive slog. I mean... People were just putting on their boot, wasn't watching where it was going. Turnover after turnover. <laughs> Jack Rewalt missing from 30 metres out. I, oh, I, I don't know what to say. I'm honestly baffled about what happened in this game. What about the, uh, what about the Jack Higgins mark? Oh, don't start. The Jack Higgins mark. I'm not going to have a biased opinion on this, and you might be quite surprised, but that was not conclusive enough to override... The goal umpire's decision. Mm. He paid it a behind. You could not see clearly if that was a mark or if it was over. You couldn't tell. You couldn't tell. You can't make that decision overall. Obviously, I'm happy. He kicked the goal. You know, good to see Jack Higgins get one on the board after being off for a whole year mm. with brain surgeries and whatnot. But yeah, that 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 shouldn't have happened. That no. that's yeah. The um the goal review system is very flawed. Mm. If you're gonna do it, have it done properly. Why was the closest camera? on the further goalpost from where that took that. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that should be a lot clearer. If you see the vision as well, there's a goal umpire and the boundary umpire in, I couldn't have been in a more perfect position to, to yeah. judge that as over the line. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I feel like if you, if you're going to overrule their decision, it has to be mm. conclusive. You yeah. have to, it has to be clear. And it, and it wasn't. And I think they made a big mistake with that. Because the umpires are lucky that there was a, there was no Collingwood supporters at the ground. Oh, they would have jumped the fence after seeing that. I, I was think- right in front of Collingwood. End as well. Yeah, no, hundred percent they would have. Hundred percent they would have. And just on that, do you think? Um, I mean, apart from that decision, do you think the umpiring over the week was a bit better, considering they don't have the crowd in their ear yapping and, and you know sure. influencing their decisions? Yeah. You reckon they've got a lot more clearer thoughts and just make the right calls? Definitely. I think a majority of the umpires' decisions get influenced by the crowd. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think they were a lot sharper. That's my opinion, anyway. Like I didn't see anything outrageous apart from, apart from that, but. Yeah, and yeah. even that, that's not the umpire's fault. It's not fault. the umpire's that, fault, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. the goal review system um, upstairs. So. I didn't see anything ridiculous. Um, you know, usually usually we're complaining about umpires every week, but 
I didn't say anything ridiculous, which was good. Yeah, no, yeah. it was good to see. It yeah. was good to see. Um, another thing good to see, the, the scoring wasn't going to stay low with uh, Friday night's clash, John Hawthorne. I know you took close interest in that one. Yeah, well, thank God for that game because, you know, if that if that ended up being another low-scoring affair, then there would have been some serious questions asked about the state of the game. Um, but, yeah, like that from pretty much... The, it was quite even for the first half. Um, the Hawks looked pretty good as well. Um, but, yeah, the Cats were just, just way too good in the end. And they, they looked pretty scary. Like, I think a lot of people wrote them off this year, but they actually looked, you know, quite scary. Um, but, again, they're playing down in Geelong. Like, is that just because they're playing down there? Yeah, I don't feel like a lot of sides are going to beat them down there. Um, yeah. Although, in saying that, Hawthorne were right in it up until half time. Yeah. I mean, I was watching the game. I thought, this is actually turning... Like, Hawthorne have really, you know, stepped it up. To, uh, took it to them. Yeah. And then it just... I don't know what happened. They just sort of went down from there and Geelong took over and that, yeah, took control of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I gave um, I gave my votes for this game as well. So I gave one vote to Grind Myers, two votes to Gary Ablett. Um, well, just touch on Gary Ablett. Like, he's he's incredible. Oh, I mean, um, he's 35, 36 years old and he's, he's still dominating, which is great to see. He's a superstar. Yeah. Um, and then I gave three votes to Joel Selwood, who was best on ground for mine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, now I think uh, I got a bit emotional talking about Richmond and all that just before. I forgot to do my votes for the Richmond Collingwood game. So I've given, I couldn't really decide between my one vote, either Trent Cotchin or Josh Dacos. But I think I'm going to go to Josh Dacos. Just clearly he had he so much of the footy in the first first half, especially. Um, my two votes went to Scott Pendlebury, Mr. Consistent. And then my three votes went to Tom Phillips. Easy. All right. Um, yeah, so we've got Brisbane Freo on the Saturday. That was a really, really good game of footy, I thought. Um, I know, what do you think about Charlie Cameron? I know, he was, did you tip him to kick the most goals of the round? Yeah, well, yeah. with our audience engagement question last yeah. week, I, yeah. I voted for Charlie. I yeah. thought he'd kick the most, and he did by, he did quite comfortably. He kicked yeah. four, so, I mean, he's going to be the best small forward in the game, doesn't he? Oh, absolutely, mate. I watched, like, I think he kicked four goals by half time. He was just, just all over him, um, just so silky, so classy. Um, and yeah, I think he's just continued on that form from last season. Um, and it's good to see the Lions back up and about. You know, I think they hadn't won since around 20 last year. Something like that. I think they lost like four or five in a row. So, well, I mean, that was mainly due to come up to Richmond twice. They did. That'll do it to them. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. And then, yeah, straight sets in the finals. So, um, yeah, no, it was good to see the Lions back up and about and yeah, Lockie Neal was was dominant again. So. Oh, he's, yeah, I think he loves playing against his old side, doesn't he? Oh, he does. He does. Oh, I think he loves playing against every side at the moment. He just racks up the footy. Yeah. It's crazy. I think the Lions are definitely going to be a good side again again this year with the players I've yeah. got. Um, yeah, now I might step out of the room for this next game. <laughs> it could be dangerous. I'm going to let you take the floor, but yeah. just, just, just before you do, uh, I know you're going to be giving quite a spray, so I bought something just to uh, protect myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so go ahead. I'm ready for right. this. So, so yeah, Carlton played Melbourne. Um, so, we spoke last week. The loser of this game is going to be severely under pressure. Um, and the Blues couldn't have gotten off to a worse start. Like, well, absolutely pathetic in that first quarter. Didn't get near it. Um, Melbourne were just first to the footy. I think we had the first 10. Uh, they had the first 10, so like 50s to zero. We couldn't lay a tackle, couldn't lay a glove on them. Uh, they were just harder at the footy. It was fucking pathetic, to be honest. And it made my blood boil. Um, and then then even like in the comeback, like I think the comeback sort of sugarcoats how good, well, I mean, how bad we were during that game. Um, 
you know, some people are saying, oh, yeah, it was a miraculous comeback, 42 points down, but I didn't see any good signs during that comeback. Um, you know, enough's enough. Like, there's been enough talk about our rebuild and, um, you know, the age of our list and, and where we're going. And, you know, the, the time is now. Like, Carlton fans are sick of this shit. Like, it happens every year. We start poorly in games, we come back, and we, it's just, it just, it's harder work to come back into a footy game. Yeah. You know, if you start well, you know, you can you can hold a lead, you can manage the game out, but we're just constantly playing catch up, catch up footy, and it's it's disgusting. And we're we're sick of hearing the PR game from the footy club, um, you know, saying, "Well, we're ready, we'll be ready when footy comes back." Well, they clearly weren't. Yeah, like, we would. You got jumped. You did. We. It just pisses me off. Like it's like we should be beating teams like Melbourne. Melbourne finished well below us last year. They were terrible, and you know, and you know, we we almost had a full full strength team out there as well. Um, and yeah, it was just poor. Like you know, Paddy Cripps definitely got beaten by Clayton Oliver. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he kicked a, a big goal late in the game, but before that, he he was doing nothing. Um, and yeah, it was our leaders like Ed Kerno, Murph, like they they were okay, but like they just didn't stand up when it counted. Um. I thought the only shining light for the game was, was Jacob Wiedering. You know, if we're picking an all-Australian team right now, he'd be sent half back. Yeah. Like he's, he's been incredible. Um, but Jesus, like it's, it, it, it's so upsetting. Um, and to be honest, like, yeah, I spoke for a lot of Carlton supporters and we've just, we're all just fucking fed up. Like yeah. it's, it's becoming an absolute joke now. Um, yeah, that was like, yeah, we should have won by three or four goals. Yeah. The, the way we dominated that second half. But like, I, I say we dominated, we had a lot of the ball, but we weren't doing anything with it. And nothing, nothing was getting us out of our seats about, um, like, as I said, like, if, if, even if we won that game, I would have been like, that was, that was shit. Yeah. You know, like it was, it was, it was hard to watch. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I think if we did win, it would have, it would have sugarcoated our, uh, our real issues. So, um, and then yeah, now we have to go down to Geelong, down there. And try and top the cats. Yeah, so it's um it's concerning because I don't think we've won uh, one of our first three or four games in a season since like twenty thirteen or something like that. So we start seasons poorly, and it's just catch up from there. So I don't know. We've all we're all pretty fed up. We're all pretty gutted as a, as a group. Um, and yeah, it's yeah it's just extremely disappointing. Yeah, I think there's some big question marks circling Carlton, especially um, yeah, especially after this loss. And I know we were saying last week that it's a huge game to win for either side, but I don't even know if I don't know. I didn't I didn't think Melbourne played that well themselves. I mean, they no. won obviously, but I don't. No. I don't think this really put uh, put them in any position to look no. like they're going to have a strong attack this year. So I mean, obviously, Christian Petrarca, Clayton Oliver, as you said, they both had good games. Like they stood up. Um, yeah. And didn't really look looked you know pretty unstoppable. But other than that, neither side, in my eyes, and I didn't see anything positive from either team really. Arguably, Mel- like that second half, Melbourne barely touched the footy, so they were equally as bad as as we. Well, maybe I don't know. We were bloody shocking in that first quarter, but yeah, you know, after halftime, Melbourne barely touched the footy. I think they kicked one goal, one. Yeah. For the second half, um, so like they were pretty poor as well, but. Yeah, it was a bizarre game of footy. Like both teams were just shit, just skill errors, missing targets. Um, 
Yeah, so it's concerning considering yeah, both teams are expected to to rise up the ladder this year. Um, especially Melbourne as well. Everyone's expecting them to bounce back. And everyone's expecting the Blues to, you know, finally, you know, start winning some games. So, yeah, overall, pretty disappointing game. Um, I don't think Melbourne's going to be too excited about the win, and I don't think Carlton would have been too excited either. So, um, yeah, that's it, mate. I've got nothing else to say. I'm pretty flat about it. So, um, yeah, I heard, um, I heard someone during the week in the media saying that twenty. A lot of people were saying that. 2019 was out of character for Melbourne, the way they were, you know, they were poor, obviously. Yeah. But then uh, he was saying after the performances, you know, the first two games this year, it really looks like 2018 was out of character for Melbourne. That they just, yeah. they never really had it. They just sort of had yeah. a fluky season. What do you reckon? Do you reckon that's sort of spot on, or do you reckon they can still, you know, turn this around? They, they didn't suggest to me that they were, you know, looking to turn it around in that game. I mean, like they look. Oh. Yeah, it, it is really hard to say because that first quarter they absolutely dominated, but yeah. Carlton was just so bad. So it's it's hard to to get a gauge on where they're at. Um, I guess it's just going to see how they go in the next few weeks. Time will tell with, with Melbourne. It's hard to judge them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Who knows? It, it, yeah, again, like I, I'm frustrated about being a Carlton supporter, but I think being a Melbourne supporter would probably be even worse. Yeah. So Now, I know this would have been hard, but how'd you go for your votes? Uh, so yeah, for my votes, I gave I gave Jacob Weedering one vote. Um, yeah, he was just dominant in defence, um, and he's he's look he looks set to have a match, massive year. Um, I gave Max Max Gorn two votes. Um, he was on top early, um, sort of got neutralised a bit by Pitnet in the second half, but he was just way too dominant early and, and really set the game up for him. Um, and then Christian Petrarca got my three votes. Um, I thought he was really good and. I did pick him to be the biggest improver this year, and um, he's definitely um, definitely played like he's going to get to that level, which is which is good to see for Melbourne supporters. So, yeah, definitely. All right, I got my face mask off now. I'm ready to talk <laughs> talk a bit more civil. Um, now we're up to Port Adelaide, Adelaide, the uh, the showdown. I saw the prison bars, uh, you know, came out and display, which was nice to see. I wonder how Eddie felt about that one, <laughs> but. Um, Oh, there's not much to say about this other than Port Adelaide are really establishing themselves as a final side. They just were too good for the Crows and Adelaide are really looking like they're going to finish bottom at oh, the moment. Adelaide looked terrible. There's yeah. no real positives. I couldn't find any positives for the Crows looking at this no. game. Um, I watched it pretty closely. Port Adelaide were just all over them um, through the midfield, down forward. Like, yeah, it's just that's pretty much all I've got to say about that one. It was just a very, very one-sided game yep. from the get-go. For my votes to this one, I gave one to the uh, the, the archer, Xavier Dersma. I gave my two votes to Zach Butters and my three votes to Tom Rockcliffe just for his pure amount of disposals in the midfield. He just really dominated that game. Cool. All right. And then the uh, the other game on this on Saturday night was between Gold Coast and West Coast. Wowee. Wowee. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Wowee. Um, Gold Coast. Oh, I know. I've got a few things to say about the Gold Coast. I know everyone's sort of tooting their horn. After that, but they do this every year. They always start the season off well. They always win, you know, their first three or, you know, a couple in their first four. And then they end up losing 18 in a row. So yeah. I'm not reading too much into it. Yes, they beat West Coast, who are arguably the best team. But I don't know. I'm not buying it yet. I want to, I you know, I want to see at least eight weeks of footy of, of Gold Coast before I, uh, before I say that they've turned the corner. Because yeah, we've seen this too often in the in the last few years. Um, but in saying that, their number one draft pick, 
Matty Rao. Jeez, what a player. Jeez. What a player. He's, um, yeah, very similar to sort of how Sam Walsh started last year as well. Those two number one yeah. draft picks just dominating from right from the get-go. So he was really, really good. These are two um, good games for him now. It's not like this is his, yeah, his first game he played was yeah. real as well. Yeah. And I mean, I see, I hear you with the Gold Coast thing. They do tend to win the first couple and then, you know, lose 18 straight. But they didn't just beat West Coast. They beat yeah. about 45 or 44 yeah. points. That's that's massive. Mm, yeah. And I know it's up in Queensland, but it's not like the Gold Coast really have a home ground advantage up there. Yeah. Um, look, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for the Suns. I think they mm. really needed a win like this just to give them confidence coming into the year. They might not do that well, but just a bit of confidence to know that they can beat sides, you know, if they play good footy and they did they really showed yeah. that and yeah. what did you think of uh, the McGovern Alex Sexton little uh, brawl did you see any of yeah. that yeah did you see he clocked him he, he clocked him quite well he clocked him pretty yeah. well so I saw yeah. Sexton cleaned him up yeah. and then McGovern retaliated pushed him into the fence yeah. which Sexton would sort of laugh that one off and then yeah. it sort of turned into a bit of fisty cuffs yeah yeah and uh, McGovern's been given a week yeah. so and I, I did see that they were appealing it as well yeah but yeah. apparently McGovern uh, reckons he didn't realise he hit him Jeez. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how you throw. I don't know how you throw a fist and not realize you've hit someone. But uh, sounds like his brother. I mean, <laughs> just, just as pathetic as each other, those two. But anyway, yeah, so that's, that'll... I'm not getting back onto Carlton again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep off that. Yeah. I've already taken my mask off. Um, uh, yeah, the votes for that one. Um, so I gave Lockie Waller one vote, um, Sam Day two votes, and Matty Real three votes. So he's gonna be a superstar. Yeah. So I, I really, I really do hope Gold Coast do well. Like I hope they have turned the corner because you know they've been, you know. Bad, bad, haven't played finals since they've come into the AFL. So I do hope they turn the corner. But yeah, I want to see more, more of them before I, uh, before I judge them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yep. Right, we'll move on to uh, the other new team in the AFL. If you still call them new, but GWS versus North Melbourne. Um, another one, I guess I could say. Yeah. Where are we? Yeah, North. Incredible. Where have they come from? I mean, as you said earlier, I didn't really expect much from North Melbourne coming into the season. Um, and they've just started off on a flyer. I mean, they were all over GWS. The last quarter was a really, really entertaining fo- quarter of football. Yeah. And the Giants um, brought it back to within a kick. And I thought, here we go. They're going to roll them now. Like, yeah. North will run out of legs. They won't have the experience, blah, blah, blah. But they held on. They kicked a couple, just broke away. And they just had a really good win, um, especially up there in Sydney as well. Yeah, and especially due to the fact that they flew up that morning as well. Yeah. And they were up at 5.30 that morning and had a game by 1 o'clock. So yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, good effort. They also had to fly a lot on the same plane as the Essendon players. So that would have been hard enough. That's, you know? that, that, yeah, that, that would have had headaches running out into the field. So, um, that's, But no, nah, yeah, I thought North did really well to um, come over and beat GWS. Could they be the bolter of 2020? I think so. I yeah. mean, just well, from that performance, if they've got a few winnable games in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. If they can play like they did um, against the Sun, oh, against the Suns, against the Giants, yeah. then yeah, I think they would be. I think they will be the bolter. Um, for my votes for that game, I've given one vote to Cameron Zuhar for his uh, performance down forward. How good's a mullet? Oh, love it, love it. It's a trend at the moment in the AFL, but he, <laughs> yeah. he's definitely rocking it well. Um, my two votes to Sean Higgins, and my three votes to the big man Todd Goldstein. He just. He had a, he's he had back. A, he had a blinder. He's it's absolutely good. back. It's good yeah. to see him back playing good footy again. Yeah. And I think when he's playing good, North play good just yeah. as a whole. I think he's a, you know, the, the pinnacle of the club. So, yeah. All right. Um, the other game on the Sunday was between Sydney and Essendon, which we'll just scroll past that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, come on, give the people what they want. Um, yeah, like that was actually quite an entertaining game of footy as well. 
Um, it was pretty close for most of it. Essendon kicked away at times, but but Sydney were able to reel it in and, and really make it a good contest. Um, and it really did come down to the last few minutes of the game and it took a bit of magic from Darcy Parrish um, to kick a, a great goal from the boundary to seal the win. But then Sydney, geez, right at the end, I think with 30 seconds to go, they had a shot from 50 to, um, I think it might have been to level it or, or get within a point or something like that. Um, and they hit the post. So um, very entertaining game. Um, I know a lot of Bombers fans are a bit excited, which is which is cute, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they always do this, and I want to see them be a bit more consistent. They always uh, they always seem to you know get these great results, and oh yeah, we're here, we're here. But um, then you know the next week they'll lose to they'll lose to Gold Coast or Carlton or something like that. So um, I want to see a bit more consistency from the Bombers before I start calling them a good team. Yeah, no, yep. that was obviously the Joe Danaher Cup, as we mentioned yeah. last week. Yeah. Uh, in the news, I was saying Joe Danaher is close. He's close to coming back. Do you, re- do you reckon he's going to... Well, close to coming back or close to going to Sydney? Well, coming back to coming back <laughs> playing footy, I think. I think um, yeah, no, coming, coming back to playing footy, do you reckon, I mean, if the Bombers, they played well, well you know, credit with credit's due, they yeah. played well against Sydney. Do you reckon with Joe Danaher, do you reckon he's going to come out firing when he does eventually get back? I'm not sure. Like, yeah, he hasn't played for for a while as well, so um, it is hard to tell with him. But if he wants to get his value up, then it'd probably be in his best interest to to really play well this season um, and and get that get that trade over to Sydney, which we which we think he's going to do. So see what happens. But um, my votes for that game, I gave one vote to Darcy Parish. He had a massive last quarter. It was a bit quiet in the first three quarters, but. Ended up being the difference for the Bombers, so he was really good. I uh, gave two votes to Jake Lloyd from Sydney, um, and my three votes went to Zach Merritt, um, who was yeah very classy player and was very good. Beautiful. Now, moving on to the Saints versus the Doggies. How good did the Saints look? Oh, they looked very good. Unbelievable. I mean, I didn't get down to Jermina Drivings myself to watch, <laughs> to watch the game there, but uh, the Saints were looking very good. They, they yeah. were all class against the Dogs yesterday. Um, as we said earlier, the Dogs are looking in big trouble. They, they had a... They had a big loss to the Saints. The Saints played very well. And Brad Hill is just absolutely oh, elite. I think he's the best ball user in the game. He's a fantastic oh, pickup for the Saints. Jesus. He just killed it, didn't he? He was unbelievable. Um, I think all the Saints recruits um, played really well. too. Even Dan Butler looked all right. Um, I think, yeah. Yeah. So he was uh, he was hitting packs hard and, and using his space, which was really good. Using his pace, not his space. Um, and even Zach Jones looked pretty good. Um even Dan Hanabry was like he's finally starting to get a bit of um, bit of continuity in his body too, so he was looking good for the Saints. So, but yeah, on the other end of that, the doggies uh, alarm bells are starting to ring there. Trouble in the kennel um, for sure, definitely. Uh, I don't I don't know what what it is they've got the talent, they're just not putting it together yeah. the way they should be. Um, I think they really they got absolutely bullied in that final last season, and I think that's yeah. probably st- stuck with them a bit. Um, a bit of PTSD. I think so because the Giants absolutely bullied them um, in that elimination final. So I don't know. It's it's a, it's a big one for the Dogs because they had a, l- a lot of um, a lot of hope and expectation on them this season. So um, they're going to want to bounce back pretty quickly. And they've got a couple of games coming up that are winnable for them. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you would have thought the first two rounds are winnable for them as well. Yeah. But they've they got the opportunity to bounce back. So it'll just be good to see how they go and if they really you know if they take that jump and start winning some games and playing good footy again. Yeah. Um, and my votes for that game were I gave one vote to Zach Jones. I think he's a really great player. I, I love the how hard he is at the footy. Yeah. My two votes went to Josh Dunkley. 
And for my three votes, I was tossing up between either um, Jack Billings or Brad Hill. I think I was given to Jack Billings. I thought Jack Billings had a yeah. great game. It's good to see him playing some good footy again as well. I know he had a bit of a down couple last couple of years, well, up and down with it. But... Getting to that age now where he's, you know, getting into the that 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 era of his of his career where he needs to start dominating games and and um and showing that talent off. Yeah, he's sure. he's past the point of being a good young player. Yeah, he's now just going to be a good player. Solid, yeah, so and needs to start performing consistently. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's every game of the week. It was a good week of footy. Good to have it back. It's good to have it back. A lot of talking points as always. Um, but yeah, it's uh, hopefully uh, it's just a shame I had to really uh, get all that off my chest about the Blues, but. Well, we look forward to some more po- uh, podcast content over the next few weeks of the Blues. <laughs> yeah. Now for our audience engagement question for episode three. Will the Gold Coast be the biggest improver this season? So far, all signs point to yes. yes. What do you reckon? Um, as I said before, I want to see you know a good eight weeks out of them before we judge them. Yeah. Um, you know, this, qu- this question was probably asked, you know, this time for the last four seasons, around this time of the year, so yeah, um, yeah give me another eight weeks, and uh, and we'll do, I'll be the judge of that. But uh, but yeah, feel free to have you say on that. Just check it out on our social media. There'll be a poll up, and um, let us know if if you think Gold Coast will be the biggest improver, or if you think another team will be. Um, yeah, just let us know through there. Definitely. Now speaking of our social media, for those who've been paying attention, we've had some uh, beautiful headshots of us taken throughout the week, looking quite handsome in our football gear. And I'd like to thank uh, Enzo from RetroJet Prince for that. He fan- does fantastic work over there with his graphic designing and all the rest of it. And if you're, especially if you're a football club looking to have some photos taken, he's definitely the man to go to. So What a man. Yeah, oh, great. Absolute fantastic man. Diehard Richmond supporter. Mm. Love to have him on the podcast one day. Oh, so. he'll be, if you're listening, Enzo, you'll be on this podcast soon. We'll make you come on it. Yeah, definitely. So um, yeah, definitely check him out. And if you want to hear anything about him, message us and we'll put you through. But I think that's it for this week. That is it. Footy's back. It's great. It's good to have it back. Look yeah. forward to uh, round three. Round three coming up this week. Who we got? Tigers Hawks. Tigers Hawks yeah. Thursday night. That's so it. All right. Look forward to previewing that. So tune in next episode for the preview.